Once again, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Tom Harris, and welcome to Tom Harris Live for June 11th of 2011. Things should be back to normal now, folks. Do apologize for the white noise problem we had. Now, that I know was connected with the starting up of Skype. So uh, so things should be back to normal now, and you should be all be able to hear me. I do want to give some shout-outs to the people who have been... Uh, pointing out the problem to me that would be people like Fagash Lil, Ian Duff, Patrick, uh, James Bates, um, and other people who have been uh, trying to get a hold of me here. So uh, sorry for that. And we'll just start the show from scratch. And I know that you've already heard some of it, but I'll just start the show from scratch anyway. Because I just started a new recording and all that stuff. So anyway, so for those of you who have been listening on uh, Ustream, well, we're going to run over a little bit because... I don't think there's anyone on after me. I don't think there is. If there is, somebody let me know. Um, anyway, uh, so here we are back from vacation. And what a, a crazy vacation it has been. And now it's kind of back to the grind for me here. Now, as you all know, the last show I did was on May 21st of, of 2011. So just about three weeks ago now. And then I, I left on Monday morning on this big road trip. And I'll be talking all about that on the show as, as we go through the show. That was a really interesting experience. That was something that uh, you know, I would love to do again is to take one of these big road trips. But I, uh, I know that there, there are a lot of changes going on here at UKR and uh, some of those should be announced soon. I know there's, there, there's some people coming on board. There's some people leaving. Um, and that just seems to be the nature of the beast here. So anyway, uh, we hope to, uh, have uh, you know, a little bit more stability, but uh, <laughs> uh, Bob, I don't know, is, is making a rude comment about that. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, that's true. There, there are people who have kind of kind of left. We do have now. Th- this is sort of a scoop here because I have some inside information, and that is that Stacy White will be coming back. Uh, I, he's had a very rough summer. But I actually was in Kiefer, Oklahoma, and I'll talk about that a bit and, and kind of discuss what, what uh, has been going on with him. Though I'm going to let him fill in all the details. But we do hope to have Stacy White back within the next week or so, hopefully. Uh, but he is back, and uh, hopefully that's uh, what's going on. So you've got uh, lots of things going on, as everybody knows. And my attitude towards all these changes has been, to wait and see what happens. I know that there's been some people who, you know, it's like, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. And, you know, they stalk off in a huff or whatever. And that's kind of not my personality. I I would like to see what is going to happen before I decide what I'm going to do. And, and anyway, uh, you know, Lee has been, been hard at work trying to arrange things, trying to get things to go. But on top of all that, his partner, Joanne just had a baby. So as we remember from back when Ross was uh, a new new father, that that first two weeks, that first three weeks is going to be hell. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what happens anyway. So, but anyway, I'm here and uh, Suko's here and I think Stacy is here and I'm not sure about anybody else, but we'll see. But we do have a promise that there were, are going to be several other people starting in the very near future. So uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, so anyway. Upward and onward, folks, uh, after all these these uh, problems and so forth. 
I hate technical difficulties. I really do. So anyway, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have been job hunting this past week and, and getting back from the vacation. I got back on Tuesday, kind of an odd day to, to get back from vacation, but that was how I planned it. That was sort of, I didn't want to be traveling on the weekend uh, through all the weekend traffic. I'd rather come through Chicago on a weekday, like at noon. So that was kind of how I planned that. And, uh, immediately started sending out resumes. Now, I had my first interview, folks. I had my first interview yesterday. Uh, and as usually happens when you're doing job hunting, what happened was I, as soon as I updated my resume online, I started to get calls from agencies. This is always what happens. You know, that if you're going to be do, hunting for a job, you know, just keep that in mind, especially if you're in a big market like Chicago, is that as soon as your resume goes online, you're going to get the agency saying, oh, we think we can find positions for you. Now, very few of them actually do that. Very few of them actually do their job and actually find you a position. But they are looking for temps and they're looking for you know people who you know, could conceivably fit. They look at your resume and think, oh, okay, well, this person has a skill set. This person is able to do certain things. So hopefully, you know, they'll be able to find me something, but I'm not holding my breath. Now, the other temp agency that, that contacted me this week is one that I've worked with before. And in that circumstance, I'm actually a little bit more optimistic because they are the ones who in the past had found uh, positions for me before. And uh, uh, what's going on here? Okay, nothing's going on here. Sorry about that. Um, I'm just trying to... Uh, somebody tried adding me to a conversation, and I have no idea who that person is. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's out of the way. So uh, I'm going to go ahead, and uh, because I'm having this uh, little bit of a throat issue today, I'm going to go ahead and take a very, very quick break, and uh, I will be... Uh, oh, you know what? I don't have anything to play here. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone's gone. I guess I'm going to have to carry on like Mummy's Brave Soldier. Um, anyway, I think what I'll do is do, hang on a second, uh, just get this already here. Um, sorry about that. I'm totally unprepared, folks. That's It's highly unprofessional. But I, had to, I have to bring up my notes here. Okay, so we are going to go to Today in History. All right, Today in History, June 11th. In 1509, King Henry VIII married his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. In 1517, Sir Thomas Pert reached Hudson Bay, Canada, and in response to that, they named a shampoo after him. Uh, in 1770, or sorry, 1578, England granted Sir Humphrey Gilbert a patent to explore and colonize the New World. In 1770, Captain James Cook discovered the Great Barrier Reef off of the coast of Australia. In 1901, the Cook Islands were annexed and proclaimed part of New Zealand. In 1937, A Day in the Races was first released, the Marx Brothers film. And in 1947, World War II sugar rationing was finally ended in the United States. It began on May 28th of 1942. In 1963, President John F. Kennedy said that segregation of, between the races was morally wrong and it is time to act. And of course, that led into our uh, 
1964 Civil Rights Act here in the States. In 1964, Queen Elizabeth II ordered the Beatles to attend her birthday party, and they did. Uh, in 1985, the Russian space probe Vega 1 landed on the planet Venus. In 1990, federal judge sentenced former National Security Advisor John Poindexter to six months in jail for making false statements to Congress. This is in regards to the Iran-Contra scandal. Uh, in 1991, Microsoft released its MS-DOS 5.0. Gosh, that seems an eon ago now, doesn't it? Famous birthdays on June 11th include playwright Ben Johnson in 1572. He was a contemporary of Shakespeare. Uh, it actually predated Shakespeare by a couple decades. And uh, 1776, the landscape painter John Constable was born. Uh, he was known for the, his painting, The Hay Wayne. Yeah. Um, in 1910, oceanic explorer Jacques Cousteau was born in France. 1913, NFL coach for the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, was born. 1918, freedom fighter and former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela, was born. 1931, actor Tab Hunter from The Tab Hunter Show was born in New York City. 1932, in Middleton, South Africa, the anti-apartheid writer Ethel Fugard, uh, also playwright, uh, was born. 1935, actor Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka himself, was born Jerome Silberman in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 1939, conservative politician Barry Barrington Porter was born in the UK. 1939, also, we had... Christina Crawford, the daughter of Joan Crawford, and Jackie Stewart, the race car driver, was born in Scotland. 1945, Adrienne Barbeau, the actress, uh, she did a lot of B-movies and stuff like that. 1956, NFL quarterback Joe, Joe Montana was born. And in 1959, happy, very happy birthday to Hugh Laurie, uh, Mr. House himself, also known for Black Adder and a bunch of other stuff. And that is... Today in History. All right. Sorry about that, folks. I'm going to just take a, a real quick drink here. Maybe I, I don't really have anything I can play here <laughs> because everyone's gone. Um, there we go. Sorry about that, folks. <clears throat> you know, along with the allergy season, I, I was talking about this before the technical difficulties. Uh, it is allergy season here in Chicago, and the milkweed is blooming like crazy. The stuff is floating around, and I never really knew that I was allergic to milkweed before I moved to Chicago. And it has been really bothering me for the last uh, few days since I came back from my vacation. So anyway, I'm going to talk about that a bit, because I have a lot of, of territory to cover. So as, as you folks knew, I've been talking about it endlessly for, for weeks before uh, I left. I decided instead of going to the UK this year, I decided to do a big road trip. Now, there were several reasons for the road trip. In, in some cases, there were family members that I wanted to visit. There were friends that I hadn't seen in years and years and years, and I wanted to go visit them. And there were also uh, a lot of of people who... I just wanted to touch base with, you know, the people who I had seen. But, um, for example, it had been years since I'd seen my own father. And that was something that that I did on this trip. And the other 
kind of aspect of this trip was to do a lot of geocaching. Because as you know, I've been, I have taken up this hobby of geocaching and have been kind of going or scurrying around the Chicagoland area looking for finds, looking for, you know, these little pieces of, of Tupperware or little containers and, you know, using, using a GPS device. And that, that's sort of one of the things that I wanted to do on this big road trip. And I did a lot of geocaching on this road trip. In fact, I more than doubled my total number of finds that I had uh, before I was, uh, uh, yeah, before I had left. Uh, I got a message here from James. James is saying, hope your road trip went okay. Don't, want it, don't blame me for wanting to beat the traffic. There's nothing worse than getting stuck in traffic jams. Oh, you and me both. Um, everything is coming through okay now. Good, good. Uh, like this time in history, especially the Microsoft mentioned, what would we do without Microsoft? It's created a whole new world now, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Now, I don't, I'm not a uh, you know, Microsoft junkie. I'm not like a huge, I don't, I don't subscribe to any of the computer cults. And I know that there, there are people who listen to the show who feel very strongly, you know, they're, they're big into Apple. You know, they, they love the Mac. They love all the Mac products. They love the you know, Apple. But we also have a lot of people, and I have a lot of people in my life who, you know, feel kind of the same way about, about Microsoft. And I don't view, you know, any of these big corporations in necessarily a very favorable light. But you can't deny the impact that companies like Apple and Microsoft have had. And of course, you have the, you know, off on the other side there, you have all the people who are like, oh, you know, Microsoft is evil and so is Apple. You know, it's all Linux, baby. <laughs> But it seems to me that the people who I who I know who run Linux have spend so much time just keeping their system running that they really don't have time to do anything else. They just kind of you know go from one operating system to another, and you know you know they have the most trouble just doing the simplest things, the things things that you know you can do on Windows in like three seconds and take them hours to do on a Linux machine because they have to actually program all the coding themselves i guess if that's your thing then, then that's your thing I, I have no no problem with that but i i just don't understand that that sort of hyper partisanship among the computer people like you know like microsoft is the best you know, apple sucks and any other kind of the reverse um, i just don't get that anyway uh thanks james oh and james goes on to say uh there's been a few changes at united kingdom radio and a few more changes aren't going to make a different difference right now yeah that's true true um but i'm not i'm not one of these people that gives up easily i, I really not uh i tend to want to try to stick it out and try to make things work and if things don't work well you know i'll go on and do something else now i've mentioned before uh, before the technical difficulties uh, that i am doing a new project right now that is a podcast and each one is about an hour i don't actually time that one it's just i'm done when i'm done so they run from about 45 minutes to an hour. And that show is called Radio Free Asgard. If you're interested in mythology, if you're interested in comics and that sort of thing, then check that out. It's RadioFreeAsgard.com. New uh, shows are posted every Thursday. And I got a big one coming out this week. I got my big review of the Thor movie coming out this week over there. So don't miss that if it interests you. And if it doesn't interest you, I'll go listen to something else. <laughs> So anyway, um, so starting out, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, this was an interesting trip. It took me through 17 American states. Now, that's a lot of states. 
I got over 4,000 miles on my little rental car. I found over, uh, I found about 200 geocaches and saw a lot of, uh, of people, you know, friends of mine, family, etc. And it, it always strikes me when I, whenever I go on these road trips, I love to travel in places like Britain because Britain is a compact place. You can get from almost anywhere in the south of it, uh, southern half of, of England to London in about 90 minutes. I mean, it, it seems to me that you know, London is sort of the epicenter of it all. And I like that. I like the, you know, the idea that I could be out in the middle of nowhere, in the, in the middle of you know, Dartmoor or you know, Winchester or, some, you know, or uh, you know, even Dover, somewhere like that, and be able to be in London, the middle of everything, in a really, really short period of time. I really like that about Europe. But America, you know, America exists on a whole different scale. You know, it, it's not so easy to get from place to place. And, you know, we don't have a rail system here to speak of. We have a rail system. It, it doesn't go very many places. But, you know, so you, you travel by highway here. You travel by car. That's just the way we do it. And, for example, if I were in Winchester... I could get on the motorway, and I could be in London in 90 minutes. If I were to get a rental car from the nearest rental car agency to me right here in Chicago and drive 90 minutes, I'd barely be out of Chicago. That, I mean, that's the kind of scale we're talking. Now, a lot of times we're talking about traffic. But, but also, when you go 90 miles out of Chicago you're basically still you know in the orbit of chicago so the the scale you can't you can't overestimate that now i i was driving about i would say about 10 hours a day now the the thing that that you know, usually what happens i go on these big road trips i, go, I get in the car and i drive for you know whatever however many hours take a break get into back in the car drive off again i'm always having problems with my knees and my ankles you know i get i get stiff sitting in the car uh, you know it's not my favorite part of a trip but when you add in this this element of geocaching in and you're looking for geocaches you're you're finding um you know, places that you want to stop. I found myself stopping the car, getting out of the car, moving around about every 20 minutes, roughly. It was more than that in some places. Uh, less frequently than that in a lot of places. But you get out of the car and you start moving around, and all of a sudden you don't have that, that stiffness problem anymore. You don't have that, you know, that car-crazy yeah, you know, there are a couple places where I did have that, and I really, really got sick of driving. But, but for the most part, when you're getting out of the car every 20 minutes and looking for geocaches, you know, you don't have that problem. And I never got bored. I never got tired of doing it. You know, I'd, I'd see a geocache was there. It's like, okay, okay, I'm going to go look for that. Now I had two rules. You know, setting this up. One is that I would never go ha more than half a mile out of my way to get a cache. And the other rule was I'd never spend more than 10 minutes looking for it. So if I didn't find it, no big deal, get back in the car, you know, get back on the road. And that worked out really, really well. So I started out driving through, um, uh, through uh, Illinois, of course, 
and kind of rushed my way out of Chicago as early in the morning as I could and ended up in uh, that first night, I ended up in Iowa. Now, Iowa is, is not a very exciting place. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's you know, certainly a nice state in its own right, but there's not a lot interesting there. It's, it's a rural state. There's a lot of corn, a lot of soybeans, and it's, uh, a lot of cows, and that's pretty much Iowa. And uh, kind of went through, went through Iowa, spent the first night uh, just across the Missouri border in Iowa. And you know the 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 first the first couple of days of the trip weren't all that exciting but the uh you know after that I went through uh I, I drove down south you know directly south from where I stayed in Iowa into Missouri kind of cut through the little tip of Missouri yeah, one of the ideas that I had was to geocache in as many states as possible so there were a lot of these states where I just cut through just a few miles, you know, you, you plan the route accordingly. You go through maybe 20 miles of the state, and then you're out into the next state, you know, and that's sort of how I planned my route. So I went from southern Iowa down through the little bit of Missouri and into Nebraska. Now, at the point where I, I kind of reached Nebraska, it became readily apparent that the weather was starting to turn bad. I didn't know how bad until later, but... The, uh, you know, I, I was able to stop and find a few caches here and there and, and kind of drive through. You know, Nebraska and, and uh, that part of Missouri are beautiful places to drive. I saw buffalo, well, bu- American bison. I mean, I, I say buffalo, that might mean something different to people in, in Asia, but uh, American buffalo, you know, a lot of cattle. I saw jackrabbits, you know, saw armadillos. Yeah, saw a lot of these uh, sort of wild, wild-ish animals. Deer, of course, lots of deer. And uh, you know, you're going through this, you know, the, the the amber waves of grain, as it says in America, the beautiful, you know. And it's all completely flat. It's it is a lot like it is in Illinois. There's no mountains. There's nothing. It's just kind of a flat farmland, grassland, rolling hills occasionally, just kind of depending on where you are. Beautiful, beautiful country, folks. It, it, it is. We, you know, America is a really gorgeous place, and it, it, it makes me sad sometimes. You know, think that you know, a lot of people who come here will go to. You know, they'll go to New York City, which is fine. They'll go to Disney World, and that's also fine. But that's not the real America. And I understand the whole thing about okay, well, that's a tourist attraction. That's what people want to see. And I'm okay with that. But there's so much more. Just the incredible, incredible scenery. You know, we have a lot of wild land. You know, a lot of land that has never really been settled. A lot of it is now is is in parks and, you know, that sort of thing. But also a lot of land that's not really useful to people. It's not useful for farming or whatever. So it, it was wasteland. And, you know, it, it, it just always fills me with with a, a sense of awe you know to to drive through this and think oh you know this is so gorgeous you know this is this is what america is it's big you know it sprawls and and that's one of the things i really like about it got a message coming in here a uh, message from bob i don't know uh hello bob uh saw, saw an interview with guitarist 
C6 Steve, I don't know who that is, the other day, and he said he liked the fact that you could end up in different parts of the UK in hours. He said in America you could travel for three days and still be in the same state. <laughs> Only California, I think. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, most of the states are a bit smaller than that. Well, there are some states, you know, there are some states where I was only in them for a couple of hours, you know, or even less than an hour in a couple cases. Um, so it really depends on what state. Um, so after, you know, I hit, I hit Nebraska and started going into Kansas, and then I realized that I was heading into some really severe weather. And I did not know going in, you know, that, that there was, a, you know, severe weather expected. So... I was going, just kind of driving straight down through Kansas. So I was, you know, the other thing about my trips, you know, I've, I've said this before, I don't drive on the interstates. The big interstate highways, they bore me to tears. There's nothing interesting to see along them. You see, you know, you see some nice scenery, but you see the same stuff. You see McDonald's, you see gas stations, you see, you know, that sort of thing. You don't see any farms you don't see any people you don't see you know the way people actually live i travel on the back roads and i like it that way it takes you longer to get places but it's it's just so much more fun to be able to travel and see how people actually live and i think everybody should do it i think the people get too wrapped up in their little cocoon you know, and, and I know I, I certainly do because you know I get I live in a city, and I get you know even if I do go somewhere I'm still within the orbit of the city no matter where I go. That's especially true when I go downtown. I mean you know go downtown Chicago like I did yesterday, and there you know it's it it's just downtown Chicago, and you know a lot of people everywhere and and you do see a little bit of the real America there because that's part of it too. But I like the countryside. I like the you know the outlying areas, and I like the I like living in a city. But I like visiting the country. That's kind of the I'm the town mouse. You know, I want to go visit the country, but I don't want to live there. So anyway, I was heading down, uh, and it, the weather was getting worse and worse and worse. And I began to notice that these clouds uh, were not the usual storm clouds. These were the sort of clouds the tornadoes come from. And he began to hear, you know, I turned on the radio just to kind of get a sense of that. And I knew that there was, there were tornado warnings, tornado watches for this whole area that I was in, all of eastern Kansas. And I got to a point where I decided to stop. I was, I had to stretch my legs looking for a cache, looking around. And it started to rain and it started to hail. <laughs> And I realized that okay, this has got this is getting pretty bad. I was going to try to make it to Tulsa on day two and make it to Tulsa, and the first thing in the morning go visit Stacy. But what ended up happening was I ended up having to stop early because the weather got so bad that I couldn't even see out of the car window. I was driving like at, at five miles an hour on on a U.S. highway. You know, where the, the speed limit is 55, and I couldn't see Jack out of the front window. It was terrible. It was it, it, a little bit scary, but, you know, I've been, I've been in, in rough weather before and eventually was able to make it to this little town called uh, Coffeyville, Kansas. That was the, it's kind of right near the Oklahoma border. And the, I stopped and, and I got the last, 
one of the, probably the last hotel room in town, which was at this nasty little hotel. I'm not going to say the name of it, but it was horrible. Um, and they, the big thing in Coffeeville is they have this big oil refinery. And, and uh, they, so all the people who stay in this hotel are like train drivers and uh, you know, truck drivers and that sort of thing. But I found out the next morning that, that during this time I was driving, th- there were tornadoes all around me. There were tornadoes north of me. There were tornadoes south of me. Uh, if I had kept going, I could have run into you know, you know, even worse weather. So I was kind of glad I stopped. But during the during the that drive, I ran over some big hail. I saw hail, you know, the size of, of a baseball. One one of the pieces I, I ran over was a, was almost the size of a brick. I mean, this is big hail. Thankfully, it didn't hit the car <laughs> because it was a as a rental car, um, and and that would be bad. That would be very bad. So that was kind of the worst part of the trip. I mean, it was certainly the uh, the worst part of it as far as danger or whatever goes. Uh, and, of course, we had you know, bad tornadoes right through there that night. And so it was good that I stopped. But anyway, getting off of that, uh, the next day was a really fun day. You know, talk about contrast. Okay, so I got up really early in the morning, make up for lost time. And my goal that day was to... to spent some time with Stacy White in Kiefer, Oklahoma. And so I, I took off, got through Tulsa with no problem. I just kind of rushed there without stopping much because I, I was kind of trying to make up for the time that was wasted because of the storms. And uh, Stacy had said, okay, we'll just come by the police station because he'd be working that day. And it got there. And I was just amazed by... First of all, how small the station was, the, the police station in Kiefer, Oklahoma. Kiefer, Oklahoma is, is very, very small. When Stacy talks about it being small, believe him. It's tiny. There's this basically a, a T-junction, and it's sort of a hilly area. And you have sort of a school off to one side, a community center off. You have you know, a gas station and the police station off to the left. And that's pretty much the town. There, there really isn't much more to it. And uh, when I you know, walked into the police station, there I think there are about four employees there. And uh, so uh, immediately, you know, saw saw Stacy kind of through the window and said, "Oh, I'm here to to you know meet Stacy White." And uh, very nice uh, woman who was at the front desk, who's actually one of the officers, uh, one of the police officers. I have no idea how big the Kiefer Police Department is, but it can't be very big. There's just not that much area to cover. But uh, so I met Stacy White. Fantastic time. I had a great time visiting with Stacy. And the weather at that point was was you know starting to get a little hot. It was very clear. And so Stacy's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to go on patrol for a while. So I drove around with Stacy in his police car for about, yeah, I'd say about two hours. I think we spent about two hours. And you know, keeping in mind, Stacy's at work. He's, he doesn't have a lot of time to visit. But uh, I it was very, very lucky to be able to to drive around. And we drove around Kiefer. And when I say we drove around Kiefer, I meant we drove around Kiefer, all the way around Kiefer. <laughs> um, and it's a nice little town. You know, it's not the richest town. You can tell it's, you know, the, it's kind of uh, some of the buildings look a little shabby. 
you know, there, there was a rich area of town where things were, you know, a little different. But, um, you know, it was it was really nice to, to be able to sit and catch up with Stacy. And that was when he was saying, you know, that he was almost ready to come back. So look for Stacy White. Uh, he is coming back to United Kingdom Radio. Not quite sure when he's starting. Could be this week. I don't know. I haven't been in contact with him this week. But, um, And I got to meet uh, uh, his wife. Uh, we had a very nice lunch together. Uh, there's only one restaurant in Kiefer, so that was where we went. And it's a big, kind of a big, nice restaurant, kind of a family-style restaurant. They do karaoke there in the evenings. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to. I mean, there's really not much more to do in Kiefer. And I uh, thought that, that that was just a really nice time. Baba Dano says, I always thought the real meaning behind the Wizard of Oz was a travel warning. Don't go to Kansas. It has tornadoes. <laughs> well, that was certainly true in my case, uh, uh, Bob. I, I really did, uh, yeah, really did kind of dodge the bullet there. So really nice time spent with Stacy White. And I'll let him catch you up on all the events that have been going on in his life. But uh, he has had a summer, let me tell you. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. So from there, I kind of, uh, I kind of skipped out about uh, about three in the afternoon. I got, to, I think I got to Stacy's about ten, and then we had lunch, and then uh, kind of drove around a bit. Uh, and then he had to get, he actually had an appointment he had to do, so uh, I had to leave. So what I did uh, in the interim was I, I decided to make my way to Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is uh, just about an hour and a half from where my mom lives. And um, on the way, I did a, uh, a geocaching trail. Now, what this is is where you have generally they're along roads, and what people will do is about every half mile they'll put a geocache. And so you have to get out about every half mile. And now these aren't <coughs> great roads, folks. This is, the, you know, this is the middle of Oklahoma. So the better roads was a U.S. highway, so it was at least paved. And then some of the roads actually went through these dirt roads, these uh, sort of dirt roads in the middle of, of wheat fields. And so that was sort of thing. I got 42 caches on that day, the same day that I uh, met with Stacy. Uh, and that was because I follow, was following along this geocaching trail. Really exciting, really, really fun to do. Uh, you know, of course, getting out of the car every you know, five minutes was kind of a pain. But uh, you know, a lot of times I would just leave the car running, go find the cache, you know, leave the door open on the car. You know? <laughs> Nobody, there's no traffic on these little roads. And uh, you know, go sign the log, put it back, you know, go back in the car, go on to the next one. And that's just kind of how it was. Um, ended up in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Now, Fayetteville, Arkansas is this really nice little town. It, it, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's in the Ozarks, so it's in the mountains. And it's a very artsy, craftsy sort of town. There, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of that sort of thing there. It's, it's a tourist attraction, and there's a big arts community in Fayetteville. So it, it actually is one of the more, I guess if you could say that anywhere in Arkansas is bohemian, it would be Fayetteville. That being said, I found Fayetteville to be rather traditional. But maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because I live in the big city and I know Bohemian when I see it. <laughs> but um, James is saying uh, it can be here. 
it can be the same here in the UK. The motorways can have the same boring scenery sometimes. Don't go into motorway service stations unless it's urgent, as they are expensive branded business that just seem to rip people off. That's true. Um, I found that gas was a lot more expensive along the interstate than it was in the towns. Um, I don't know how much it is in dollars, but you know, motorway service stations could charge up to a pound fifty per liter of petrol. There seems to be some freakish weather around at the moment. Hope to hear Stacy back on United Kingdom Radio soon. Yeah, me too. Uh, are there any more road trips planned? Hope the job hunting goes well. Um, I would really like to. I would really like to do another uh, one of these road trips this summer. I don't know if I'll be able to. Uh, job hunting right now is kind of taking priority. Uh, but you never know. You know. Like I said, you never, never know. So, so after uh, so I, after staying in Fayetteville, I went and I stayed with my mom for a couple of days. Now she lives in a town called Mountain Home, and uh, the, that town has grown a lot since I lived there. I lived there for three months back in about 1980. I don't. I'm not a fan of Mountain Home. I'm not a fan of Arkansas in general. But was able to spend. I think it was more like a day and a half with my mom, helping her. You know, with some problems she was having with her, you know, internet and TV and all this stuff. So, you know, I was able to actually provide something of a service and took a little trip uh, one afternoon while I was there up to uh, Missouri again and did a, found a couple geocaches up, up that way and then moved on. And now the next kind of step of the journey was kind of a drive south to Florida. Uh, where I have other family members, and and I took off from you know I was in northern uh, Arkansas, and kind of went uh, south, well sort of east southeast, more east than south, and I went through the tip of tip of Tennessee, through Mississippi. Now Mississippi, that was kind of interesting. Um, I I prove folks that I'm an honest man because I I actually stopped along a. Uh, uh, I stopped on the trip. I actually was looking for a geocache, but it just happened to be that this geocache was behind this big Walmart, big Walmart plaza. And I got out of the car and I decided I'm going get to get a beverage from the Walmart. Went to the Walmart, got, you know, kind of... But on my way to the Walmart, my way in, I found a billfold. And I've often thought to myself how I would react to this. This billfold was big, thick leather wallet. Obviously, somebody had just dropped it. Had about $1,500 in cash. And I didn't really want to look inside after at that point. It's like, okay, this is, has, has a lot of money in it. And I didn't even think twice. You know, I never once thought to myself, what if I keep this? This is a lot of money. Never even once thought that. My first thought immediately of finding this wall is I've got to turn it into the store manager. Maybe the person's in the store. And I'm really glad I did. You know, and, and I did. I took it into the store, asked for the manager. Took a while to find the manager, but once he came, I said, yeah, I turned and said, here's the wallet. And it turned out that this guy was well known to the people in the store. He was a regular customer. It was a 65-year-old farmer. Okay. Not rich. This $1,500 was probably all he had. Had come to the Walmart to buy a new riding mower for his farm and dropped his wallet in the parking lot. And, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn here. 
I'd like to think that anybody would do the same. But the look on the man's face when his wallet was returned to him was worth it. It was totally worth it. I was kind of hoping he'd buy my Coke, but he didn't. <laughs> I, you know, but you know, the, the look of relief and the look of, of happiness on that man's face when, when his, he got his, had his wallet returned to him. You know, he thanked me you know, profusely for being honest and turning in the wallet. And that was, you know, it makes you feel good. I mean, you know, I did the right thing, you know, and, and I knew I was doing the right thing. I never even thought about really keeping it. But, you know, that's, I wish everyone would act that way. So I proved I'm an honest man, folks. And, you know, <laughs> I have to blow my own horn. Uh, Patrick is asking, did he give me a reward? No, he didn't. Um, but he did thank me. And he shook my hand. And, and I, of course, I shook his. And we chatted for a few minutes, and, and I found out a little bit about him. And he's a uh, he's a elderly African American gentleman. He's been a farmer all his life. Lives, living, uh, he lives near this old town. I don't remember the name of the town offhand. It was not not a very big place. Um, and I think he was farming cotton and soybeans. I think that was what he was growing. But the lawnmower was actually for his his yard. It wasn't wasn't for the farm part. And he was talking about that. He was just really happy, and and you know some of his friends were there. Uh, you know they weren't there with him, but they're people who knew him from town. But you know, everyone knows each other in a small town, and and they thanked me as well. So it wasn't just his day that I made. It was his friends. It was the store staff. It was you know all these people. You know were just really happy. You know to see something like this happen. This the story had a happy ending, and I was really really glad to be a part of that. And so, anyway, um, so I wish I'd gotten a reward, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I think some, most of the time I don't do things like that wanting something in return. It, you know, I was buying batteries and I was buying, uh, like, a couple things of Gatorade. And it would have been nice if he'd paid for them, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Um, so, anyway, after that I ended up, uh, you know, so continuing on through Mississippi, went through uh, – you know, kind of the eastern part of the state. And I saw something very interesting. I never thought I'd see it. Never, you know, first time I ever heard of such a thing. I, I ran into a gang of motorcycle enthusiasts. Now, motorcycle enthusiasts are everywhere. They're, uh, you, you know, you find them all over the states, and especially when the weather is nice. This was a motorcycle group of all black women. <laughs> I'd never heard of such thing. They had matching jackets. They, they were. They was not a motorcycle gang in the sense of like, you know Hell's Angels or the Outlaws or something like that. But it was. It was really kind of cool to to run into this big group of of African American women out there enjoying the day on their motorcycles. It was a hot day too. I mean, it was. It wasn't uh, you know a really nice day out um, driving around Mississippi. <laughs> really, really cool. Uh, Bob I don't know says. The guy was probably too much in shock at your honesty to reward you, but Walmart could have waived the bill for you. Yeah, well, it's Walmart. You know, you can't expect them to, to do that. Um, and I continued on into Alabama. Now, Alabama was where I stopped for the night. And, uh, you know, going through this part of the Deep South, I had to kind of avoid the areas that have been affected by the flooding. There's been a lot of flooding and uh, was kind of trying to avoid that area. 
but it's beautiful countryside, beautiful rolling hills. You know, it's not really what you think of when you think of Alabama. You know, when you think of Alabama, you think hillbillies, you think, you know, poor people living, you know, sharecroppers and, you know, you know, slaves picking cotton. That's the sort of thing you think of. That's that is the heart of Dixie. That is enemy territory. I mean, it really is enemy territory as far, you know, there's there is a lot of, uh, you know, obviously being being atheist would be bad enough. Being bisexual would be even worse. You know, that 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 would be you know, that that is the Bible belt. And and as is Mississippi for that matter, but so one keeps a low profile. But I did some geocaching, you know, stopped along the way. And the next morning I decided I actually had changed my route a little bit and decided that I was going to stop in Atlanta on my way to Florida because I realized I was coming into Georgia about 45 minutes to an hour away from Atlanta. So, so, so there's no reason not to. And contacted my friend Peter. Uh, so this is my, my mention of Peter in Atlanta that I warned you about. Uh I don't know why I had to warn you because it, 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 it was it was actually a very nice visit. Um, stopped had had a brunch with Peter, was able to see him again. I hadn't seen him in years, and uh, delivered him a couple of pieces of artwork that I had bought for him at at C two E two, and uh, had a nice visit. So so hello to Peter if you're out there listening, um, and then uh, after that had to kind of make a quick drive to get to my sister's house. Now, that was Memorial Day weekend, so we had a long weekend, and I had planned to be at my sister's on early in the morning on Monday, so we would actually have the whole day to spend with uh, my sister and brother-in-law, and was able to get as far the night before as Gainesville. Not as far as I'd wanted to get, but it happens, you know, especially when you're get, you're catching up with people and you, you want, you're having, we had a nice long brunch and a nice long visit and uh, was, was able to get, you know, take off after that and, and go see my sister. Um, next day, Monday, was at my sister's house. Uh, had a very nice visit with my sister and brother-in-law. We went out to, uh, went out to dinner that night uh, at, with my uh, dad and his wife. And that was uh, the first time I'd seen my dad in about, uh, I'd say about six or seven years, uh, something like that. It had been a long time. And I uh, was able to uh, to visit with them a bit. That was nice. Uh, went, went and found a geocache uh, about 200 feet from my dad's house. Uh, brought everyone along and got to show them what geocaching was all about. And uh, yeah, it was a nice evening. And, and uh, spent the next day on a sort of a relaxing day. I didn't do much of anything. I spent it at my sister's. Uh, figuring out what my next steps were as, as far as how I was going to get home, my return route, you know, kind of working out exactly the roads I was going to be taking. I do eventually, I'm going to I'm going to try to post this online, but uh, I want to make up a Google map that shows exactly what roads that I uh, traveled on. So that hopefully that uh, will be coming. Uh, I'm running out of time. Oh, but you know what? I'm going to st- I'm going to go over. So so don't worry about that. I'm going to stay on for about 10 minutes because uh because of the problems we had at the start of the show. But uh, so anyway, uh, so from my sister's house, I went north. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't have a lot of time to spend with anybody. You know, th- this was part of the problem. And uh, I made a, a, a lunch date with an old friend. When I say an old friend, I say he's an old boyfriend. And actually, he was my first boyfriend. 
a guy named Steve. Now, uh, Steve lives in, uh, like, Clearwater, Florida, around that area, so, so just due west of, of Orlando. So I went and had, and had lunch with Steve, and a really nice visit with Steve. Uh, really wished I could have spent more time because you know, it's, he's really, really fun to talk to, really, really fun to be around. And it had been so many years since we'd actually spoken face-to-face. It had been since the early 90s that it was just really a pleasure to be able to sit for two hours or three hours, I think it was, and, and just catch up. You know, it, it, there's no friend like an old friend. Not that I'm calling Steve old, though he is older than me. And uh, after that, you know, continued my way north. Now, that drive north, nothing really notable about that. Driving up north through through uh, eastern, or sorry, western Florida, up through Georgia again. Stopped in southern Georgia to uh, to sleep that night. And the next day, my goal was to reach... Uh, Tennessee. I was trying to get to Maryville, Tennessee. Now, Maryville, if you take the expressway, is about a six-hour drive from where I started. But I took uh, 10 hours to get there. And the reason why is because of the, of the route that I took. I took a, a very unusual route through rural Georgia, avoiding the expressways, of course, and uh, geocaching the whole way. And I ended the day driving through the Smoky Mountains National Park. This is actually Joe Morris country up there. And unfortunately, Joe, had, I never had gotten in contact with him about the trip or else I, I probably would have stopped. But uh, for those of you who remember Joe Morris, if, if any of you do, he used to do a podcast called American Talk USA. And uh, so I was able to, uh, to make it all the way to Maryville that night. But Smoky Mountain National Park, if you've never driven through there, it is, it is harrowing, it is beautiful, it, it really requires more time than I took. Yeah, I didn't get out a lot, yeah, because in the National Park, there's, there's only a few places to pull over. And you know, there's some, some notable viewpoints where you can you know, see the spectacular scenery up in the Appalachian Mountains. Absolutely fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful drive. And you're driving on these windy mountain roads, and you have to pay full attention to what you're doing because they're dangerous. They're dangerous roads. But uh, made it to Maryville and f- managed to find myself a place to stay. Uh, stayed there. Uh, and the next morning, got up, had breakfast with a, an old friend of mine. And this was sort of something that got tacked on to the trip right at the end of my plans, uh, right before I left, in fact. Uh, I'd been contacted on Facebook by my friend Greg. Now, Greg lives in Maryville, or near, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that, folks. Oh, that was terrible. Um, all right. And uh, now, I went to high school with Greg. And this was the first time we had actually seen each other in 31 years. And... You know, he's changed a lot. I think I've probably changed a lot in 31 years as well. But it was like we'd never not been friends. You know, it's like we sat down. It was it was very, very easy conversation. We had a lot to talk about. We sat there for, I think, you know, almost three hours and had a really nice breakfast. Uh, we went to a, I went, we, we went to a Cracker Barrel. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was, it was a Cracker Barrel restaurant. Um and had uh, you know had breakfast and coffee and sat there and just caught up and it was it was really nice it, it you know that was the sort of thing that I wanted to do on this trip just to reconnect 
And I know that people have often asked me, why do you want to keep in touch with people who you don't, you know, knew from way long ago? You're not the same person anymore. But, but you know, again, I, I say I don't really believe in throwing away friends. I, I really like to know where my friends have gone, where, where they are. And it was great. It was a really nice visit. So, uh, you know, I, I think Greg is probably going to be listening to the show. So, hi, Greg. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a real pleasure to see you. And uh, sorry I didn't have more time, but I had to get back on the road. And that was kind of it there. And then uh, kind of decided to take the uh, the next day was a travel day and drove up to uh, southwest southeastern Ohio. I'm sorry. Uh, Athens County, Ohio. This is where I went to school. I was able to revisit my old college. Uh, got to go uptown to uh, State Street, uh, Court Street. I uh, was up to... Uh, you know, I did go to any, I, I did go to the bars, but I didn't really drink anything. I, I was, it was kind of uh, just kind of checking out what you know the scene had changed, and you know I don't need to go back to Athens for a while. You know I I, I kind of wonder about going there sometimes, and but being a college town, it has in, in some ways it's changed not at all, and in some ways it's changed a lot. So that was sort of my my little brief visit to Athens while I was there. I reconnected with another old friend. Now, this is somebody who uh, has listened to the show a couple times, uh, a guy named Phil. Hello, Phil. And uh, he and I had not seen each other since the early 90s, and it was nice to see him. And he brought along his four-year-old grandson, <laughs> which made for some entertaining uh, moments. But you know, I, I think that had the kid not been there, it would have been a much more different discussion, you know, because you add a small child into any mix and all automatically the focus becomes on the child. You know, you know how that goes. Uh, so it was nice to see Phil and it was nice to see his, his grandson, Joey, but it was, um, you know, I, I think it would have been a, a less awkward visit maybe if, if the kid hadn't been there. But anyway, it was nice to see Phil did, did a little bit of geocaching in Athens before moving on. And uh, that was kind of it. Um, the rest of the trip basically was making my way back to Chicago and driving through Ohio, beautiful state, Ohio. It is my home state. And I, I still think of Ohio as being my home. And it, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, then across Indiana, and then back to Chicago. And that was pretty much the trip. I got back a day early. Uh, I had not planned on getting back till the 7th, got back on the 6th, and uh, that was kind of it. So that was the trip, and I'm sorry if that was uh, maybe a little bit boring. Uh, it was more interesting to do maybe than to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll uh, maybe have a, a travel show again for you or not. Uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of see what what comes up during the week for me to talk about, and hopefully this milkweed won't be so horrible next week, and I'll actually be able to breathe while I do the show. That would be nice too. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and log off for now. Very thanks very much for listening, folks. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties, but it really couldn't be helped. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next week. This is Tom at Tom Harris Live, signing off. See you next week. <laughs>